You know what? F***ing out and f*** this. I am so <laughs> sick of it. Like, I'm sorry. No. F*** this. <laughs> Fix your f***ing shit. Don't be all like, oh, we're going to upgrade this and make it a better experience and then nothing f***ing works. Thank you. No, this is a much better f***ing experience when I can't eat it. Uh, you know, you see? That's annoying, right? It's how do you f***ing annoying. How do you like this new... Oh, man. I'll tell you how much I like it. I f***ing don't. Excuse me. We got, a cl- we got a link down here. Send feedback to Google. I am. I'm sending feedback right f***ing now. Google this f***ing sucks. This f***ing Now you're got- Matt, you're not breaking up anymore. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Then <laughs> here's the extra volume, and it's giving you the uh, extra bandwidth, man. Yes. <laughs> Listen to this guy. He's yelling. He must have something important to say. Please. Wednesday, October 30th, 2013. This is episode 75 of Yet. Every Wednesday evening, check it out. Yetanothertexture.com. That's our website. I'm at Lee joining me this evening. Wall Hangouts is still working. Aunt Pruitt. What's going on, Aunt Pruitt? Hey, what's going on, Mr. Lee? The new Hangouts looking good. Also, Larry Press, what's going on, Larry? Not much, guys. Glad to see you. Hey, Matt, I see you got a little uh, limestock on the couch behind you. Uh, oh, yeah, that's our cow. If you if you <laughs> if you are on Facebook, you will have seen he had a first prize at Petco wearing his cow costume. There you go. <laughs> it was very good. Also joining us, Mike Rothman. What's going on, Mike? Hey, congratulations to Matt's cow. Woo, <laughs> love it, baby. This guy, Moo. fantastic! You guys here, Moo. It was so funny. He looks so angry. Like that look that was just like, I know you're all laughing at me, and I don't appreciate it. So, it's, it's uh, that says this dog has no dignity. It's been a, a while. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna start things out with a quick screen share. This is the top of. News.google.com. If you just look at that there, at the very top, not in the tech section, not in a, this is the top NSA said to tap Google and Yahoo abroad. Yeah. News? No news? Are we assuming everything is tapped all the time? Is this just like whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, assuming. we've got the, we're in this world of rolling, and then that's fine, and then f- that no, that's seven fine. Seven a week, and uh, I hang my head in shame. I I thought our country had stronger values than this. Land of the free, home of the brave, all that good stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, that's but, what they taught me in school, Aunt. My country do up do does every country do it though? Like I saw it uh, somewhere. Geez. Yeah. How's it going, guys? Okay. I guess maybe every. I I don't know. Maybe every country does do yeah. it. We we got caught at it, and we've been really egregiously. Yeah. And uh, you know we got a a whole bunch of European governments and heads of state uh, really, really pissed off at us. How good can this be? Is that that's the main problem though, right? Is that we're the ones that got caught doing it first. It wasn't that somebody else did, and so we could be like, "Oh, for shame, for shame!" Like we were the ones that got caught doing it. So it it looks yeah. terrible for you know everyone that we do business with that we're spying on. That's like the worst insider trading, right? You're listening into all their phone calls and then doing business with them the next day. 
Yeah, but you know, my guess is that we at least do some collaborative, like with NATO allies and stuff. I, we're not the only ones. I, you know, maybe we're ten times worse than everybody else, but I'll bet everybody plays these games, don't you guys think? Larry, I, I think everybody does play these games. I think we play it probably on steroids, you know. Yeah. Uh, w w we build uh, data farms the size of Rhode Island out there in the middle of the country. But then think and about it, like, we build all that amazing stuff, but we can't get the healthcare site to work? Like, what's up with that? Yeah. That's What is wrong with this? It, it's almost, like, too perfect, right? Um, and I mean, I thought we kind of already knew this. This just came it was out running a Windows server instead of Linux. This just came out on the thirtieth, and it says the NSA has secretly broken into the main communications links that connect Yahoo and Google data centers around the world, according to documents obtained uh, from by Edward Snowden. Uh, it says by tapping those links, the agency has positioned itself to collect at will from hundreds of millions of user accounts, many of them belonging to us. The NSA does not keep everything it collects, but it keeps a lot. According to a top-secret accounting dated January 9th, 2013, the NSA's acquisitions directorate sends millions of records every day from Yahoo and Google internal networks to data warehouses at the agency's headquarters at Fort Meade, uh, Maryland. In the preceding 30 days, the report said field collectors had processed and sent back 181,208,466 new records, come back. including metadata, which would you're totally breaking up. You know what? F***ing out and f*** this. I am so <laughs> sick of it. Like, I'm sorry. No, f*** this. <laughs> Fix your f***ing shit. Don't be all like, oh, we're going to upgrade this and make it a better experience and then nothing f***ing works. <laughs> Thank you. No, this is a much better f***ing experience when I can't eat it. Uh, you know, you see? It's annoying, right? It's f***ing annoying. This? How do you like this new... Oh, man. I'll tell you how much I like it. I f***ing don't. Excuse me. We got, a we got a link down here. Send feedback to Google. I am. I'm sending feedback right now. Google, this f***ing sucks. This f***ing Now you're... Matt, you're not breaking up anymore. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. It hears the extra volume and it's giving you the uh, extra man. Yes, <laughs> listen to this guy. He's yelling. He must have something important to say. 181 million new records. Just this. That's fine. Whatever. All right. Hey, you know, back on the NSA thing, I, I put a deal that I thought was really um, in the um, in the rundown. I, you know, Frontline, that program on uh, PBS? You guys know that program? They do documentaries. Well, I, yeah, I, I watched one that I think it, it was a couple months old, but I just found it, and it gives the whole context for, in which this thing happened. And it, there has been an incredibly massive buildup of spying since the, September 11th, and it's the NSA, the CIA, and the DOD. And the CIA went out in front, and then DOD got all uh, competitive and tried to build empires. And the thing, one of the things that's really striking is it's this unbounded amount of money that nobody knows how much it is, but they have hired over 400 contractors. It's all subbed out to people like Luz Allen Allen, the guys that hired Edward Snowden. Um, it's just, it's really a pretty astounding thing. It's worth going to watch. And it, it looks like they covered all their bases because the, one, the ones that we, we had heard of before they're they're saying that was all specified under the name of Prism, which was the front door access to Google and Yahoo user accounts through this quarter proof process. This is like backdoor style access yeah. to these companies. And I like <laughs> I like the quote here. Uh, it says, we are outraged at the lengths to which the government seems to have gone to intercept data from our private networks. And it underscores the need for urgent reform. That's Google's chief legal officer. Uh, meanwhile, at Yahoo, they say, well, we have strict controls in place to protect the security of our data centers, and we have not given access to our data centers to the NSA or to any other government agency that we yeah, can tell no, you I about. You really want to check your back doors there, Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if they still have their keys, like, your keys can disappear for a minute, 
long enough to get copied and then put back, and you would never even know. <laughs> like physical keys. I mean, but they're not saying that Google and Yahoo gave them gave them access. No, they gave themselves access. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, is this your room? This story is a story about a break-in yeah. at those facilities by the NSA. Yeah. So, you know, it would have been illegal except that it was the NSA. That's so crazy. Like, that, it, ju- it makes you as an individual user on the internet feel so tiny that they're tapping these massive fiber networks like that's that's an enormous amount of information. Even just those two companies. You're not even talking about Facebook and everything we willingly just throw like Google and Yahoo. Just those two between Mail, Drive, everything else. like that is so much information. That's mm-hmm. it's insanity. And then you see in, in LA this fodder, you know. This lady getting pulled over for wearing Google Glass. What's the world coming to? You can't even drive with glass on your face now? <laughs> you know, you look at that story, though, Matt, and, and it's how, – how did they write it? You know, you had a display visible while driving. Right, right. And, you know, where uh, where's the line? I guess there's a line when it's dealing with the GPS systems that people have mounted on their dashboards and whatnot, but – I guess that's not too distracting. But even in, though, isn't glass off de- off by default though? So unless she had it activated yeah, when he was de- there, default. also there are HUDs that you can project onto the windshield that are legal. Yeah, yeah. So I think probably, that's a little iffy. There's probably going to be another lawsuit coming with this. I think um, so. From that lady, she yeah. was speeding though. So I mean, you know, also how many? <laughs> How many other people put their smartphone in like some something that hangs off the windshield? So yeah, I've done that before, and I thought it was more distracting than a dash. It map. blocks out a, depending on how big your smartphone is. Like you throw a Note three up there, you just lost like a third of your line of sight. You know your your <laughs> viewable space. It's I put my <laughs> Nexus ten and two Note threes up there, and I can't see the road. I have cameras. It's fine. You have virtual reality there. Yeah, totally. I have an application for my Nexus 7 where I've essentially mounted the Nexus 7, you know, under the car stereo, for example. So I could have got a ticket for that, I guess. I don't know. Just got to make sure it's off, right? Yeah. Yeah, but again, where's the line going to be drawn, especially like Nick said, you have HUDs out there. Well, that's the line. They say GPS or nav. Those are the only things that are okay. Uh, everything else is considered not. Did you guys ever see the screen in a uh, Tesla? Oh yeah, it's like that. Did yeah, but you know, it's there's a, there's two things. One, two dimensions. One is the size of the thing, but the other is what, how much, and how frequently you're getting. You know, if you're reading your email and you know, it, it depends how much info you've got coming to it. But are you but, reading your email? Are you following your Twitter feed for a Yeah, you thought, exactly. But where's the line? Is it okay if it's speaking out to you, your Twitter feed, and you're just listening? Or is it okay if it's speaking to your messages and you're just listening? I'm pretty sure. Know, I, yeah, they let you do radios. Having the radio on doesn't distract you. Yeah, exactly. I, I have some sympathy for this because I do a lot of driving every day. I, I just as soon have drivers be sort yeah. of more or less focused on road conditions. Yeah, me too. Well, I like, I, I don't know, in, in two uh, Columbia Falls and Whitefish here uh, in the Valley, they have, you you can't be holding your phone. That's that's the rule. So you it, if it's that. If it's sitting on your thing, that's fine. But the second they see, like, you see people here that are, like, driving, and it's up here. Like, you can clearly see their phone and that they're, like, fiddling with it while they're driving. So that that I, I definitely understand. But I, I don't but know. I just having a display. Like, that's I don't want some guy reading his email or something or answering email or something while I'm next to him on my bicycle. I see people putting on makeup Tesla. on. <laughs> On the Tesla, incidentally, I think it like disables the browser or something if you're actually driving. There are some controls on the Tesla unit where some things are disabled while you're actually driving. Yeah, well, so that was part of the law, right? That it had to have safeguards in place that when it was in motion, it would disable it or whatever. 
Which Waze does that, right? And you just click the passenger button, like, oh, yeah, I'm just the passenger. That's fine. And then it lets you type. But, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny that it, it's, like, you know, the first citation for wearing glass. glass. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, I, I woke up to this. What's that, Mike? Oh. The first, but there will be more. Definitely more. Uh, I woke up this morning to this weird red hat on my on my desktop uh, uh, or on the desktop of my phone, my my Moto X, and I want to share with you what this. Do you guys see this? <laughs> it is oh. it is so weird. It was like seven o'clock in the morning. I'm like. Kelsey, you gotta look at this thing. It's like a movie on your phone, and you you move the phone around, and it shows you different parts of the scene. It's called Motorola Spotlight Stories. I thought it was an ad at first, but nay, it is not an ad. And so uh, here's the link to it if you guys want to check it out. And it was quite entertaining. I was I was surprised at how entertaining it was. <laughs> um. So this is like a little free Motorola early morning entertainment for you. Yeah, I I think the time just happened to be random. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I just – I'd never seen it before, ever. I've had this phone for a few weeks now, uh, and I've – yeah, I've never never seen it or anything. It's it's a widget. Uh, Let me find it here. Spotlight player. So whenever you want to – play it you can just hit the windy day thing and it'll lag and then it does this uh okay so here's the windy windy day thing well, it's done driving <laughs> yeah we we would definitely do this while driving and so there's the red hat here's the and there's sound of course so it's just it's a little animation or what? Yeah, but it's all it's interactive depending on How you what you're like when you move the phone, it moves ah, the scene. So you can navigate around in a you scene. You can look around, you can look up. I mean this is hard to see on the camera, oh, but you can look up and down. Uh I don't know how to show this properly, but there's a there's a hat and there's a mouse and it it reminds me of the Ice Age movies. Have you ever seen Ice Age? The squirrel that's Oh yeah. And then it's the wind great. blows around. No, it's this whole thing and a tornado and What you want is a tool to make those little suckers. That's kind of cool. But yeah, so I I looked it up and uh I found this this thing and if you actually live in New York City or Chicago, you can see the windy day a set that they like set up, which is kind of cool. Um yeah, it says Motorola is concocting what it hopes will be much more than an odd and expensive interactive cartoon. The company has set out to build a new platform that uses contemporary technology, powerful computation, smart sensors, vivid mobile displays to reinvent the age-old practice of narrative itself. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It just randomly popped up, and I was like, what's this? And I ended up watching the whole thing. <laughs> It was kind I'll of. Tell you one thing, Motorola wouldn't have done stuff like that if Google hadn't have bought it. That's go Google. Uh, yeah, guy. that's pure Google there. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it says um, together with our team of Motorola engineers and Oscar-winning director Jan Pinkava, we're happy to announce the debut of Windy Day, the first immersive interactive story made for mobile phones. Launched using a first-of-its-kind storytelling platform called Motorola Spotlight Stories. Uh, they're not—they're not games, movies, or videos. Uh, it's, it says that they're just pretty cool. It'll be interesting to see what else they come up with for that. Do they have any kind of development tools for the making ones? Uh, I have I'm looking for right now. No ideas. There's lots of cool pictures though on the Motorola SpotlightStories.com site. So I don't know. It was something new and different, and I was like, "Huh, that's cool." Okay, I I just googled Motorola Spotlight Stories, and the second thing, the headline is Google channels Pixar to change storytelling as we know it. And there's an article in Wired by Stephen Levy. Yeah, so that's what the this is, this they is were going to be a big deal. That's they're what gonna, they were quoting from, or that yeah, I, yeah. This is, this is cool. Pretty neat though. 
And I i don't know if our, you guys have newer phones. You, it's not on any of the other ones. It's like a Motorola-only thing, I guess. Hey, speaking of phones, Mike, didn't you get a like a Nokia 520 or something recently? Yeah, yeah. I think. yeah I did. As a matter of fact, it's uh, it's right here. It's a beautiful little device. I I paid. I mean, this is old news by now, but I I think I paid uh, eighty five dollars for it. And yeah, I tried to go that's... back and get that mic, and the price went up. Yeah, well, the price that's bounces up like between that and one hundred. Yeah, and then I paid another twenty dollars for a uh, a a Go Plan SIM card. Uh, you really want a SIM card in this, although I haven't used it as a phone. It's a really nice little <laughs> media player. So That's everything, as far as I'm concerned, although I'm not a Windows Phone uh, OS user, everything you've heard about the device is true. Uh, it's not really a camera you want to use, but as a media player, for podcasts or music, or or um, it does a very good job of FM radio, plays FM radio. It does all those things really, really well. Did you love the Zune? I wouldn't say I loved the Zune. I used it. It was okay. Okay. Was that some kind of test? No, no, because people that people that yeah. like the Windows Phone stuff, like they were really into the the Zunes. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool though. Are you still using your one? What are you using for your phone? Yeah, my main squeeze is the uh, HTC One X, and I this is the one I carry with me. It's always with me. I use it every day. It's my heavy duty. Heavy-duty phone for navigating, for media, for on-the-go stuff. But I'm not sure. okay. the, this, the, the battery in this thing, if, if I'm around town using it all day long for driving, for navigation, for email, for web, for whatever, the battery runs down. So having the uh, 520 around... To around the house to play music or podcasts really makes a lot of sense. I mean, the basic point is, for eighty dollars, how wrong can you go? Right. Let me ask you, what do you think of the live live tile experience on that? Do you like it? Dislike it? Honestly, I like it a lot. And what I chiefly like about it is, it's 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 something different than yet more icons arranged in a grid. You know, I've I've done icons in a grid. It's pretty cool and intuitive, right? Like a friend of mine has a Windows phone. I mentioned this on AOTA. And, uh, I give you some variety. I started playing around with it, and it was, like, it was really, really cool. It was decent. Yeah. Not cool enough, though, to make me, like, move ecosystems, but pretty cool. I am deeply, deeply into the app, uh, into the, oh, God forbid, into the Google <laughs> ecosystem. You know, Freudian I live in slip. Gmail. I live in uh, Google Calendar. Yeah. And I'm Hangouts. Hangouts. And, and I'm sorry, Google, I'm, I did not mean to yell at you, but seriously, like when you are that into this ecosystem and something that you depend on to do with, a thing like that, like when it doesn't work, it is so frustrating. I'm sorry, I yelled, but let's just let's just put it behind us. It's working now. Let's talk about we, social we, ad return on investments. I, I thought I want to talk about this because I thought this was all BS. The second you could start buying fake followers and likes, like none of this really mattered anymore. But Ant tossed an article in the the rundown showing that this stuff is just way, way up. And how can that be justified with being able to game it so easily if you have the, a little money to drop? That's what I didn't quite understand. How is it up, you know, a couple hundred percent at a time when you can ask a geek, you can ask a not-so-techy person that uses social media and and say, hey, do you check out the ads on on Facebook and on Twitter and yada, yada, yada. And I can damn near guarantee you most people are going to 
complain about the ads and they try to figure out a way to ignore them, push them away or what have you. But these folks, whomever they are, are reporting that these these numbers are, are up because people are clicking on They're getting more impressions and people are following the links of said ads. Well, here's a question. Do any of you guys actually like any of the products like on Facebook? Like do you actually – while using Facebook, see a product, and then like it. Because I'm seeing a number of those kind of appearances on my Facebook stream, and I'm not so sure that the people that are liking these products are actually liking them. Well, I don't. That's very similar to the whole Plus One experience with Google as well, as far as uh, brand recognition and whatnot. But I don't think this is the same, the same thing here. This is more of the inline stuff, especially with videos, you know. And I just don't buy it. Uh, well, I and don't. it is interesting. I mean, you've always seen the hashtags and everything on TV shows. I mean, you have shows like Tosh.0 doing viewer Vine videos of the week instead of doing YouTube videos of the week. It's like focused on a, a particular part of Twitter being Vine and these six-second yeah. videos that seem to work really well for comedic purposes. And yeah. I, I don't know. It gives it, I mean, more validity, of course, but it gives it like this boost because that's a whole nother audience that's possibly out but there hashtags i do see that being big well yeah um, but that's just helpful that's just like a normal way to get around something it's just to, yeah you know. it's just indexing but right, i exactly. still don't see people falling into to the ad space of it you know it's put a hashtag on something and put an ad in it i bet people will still avoid that ad on that hashtag but more so because you know that's kind of a shady thing to do or are people like oh you you like this, therefore I will like it because I like you. Not buying it. No, <laughs> maybe I'm just too, maybe I'm just too cynical. I don't know. I mean, dude, I don't even want to watch Hulu because they have a 10 second ad in them. You know I, what I mean? I don't like it. Ad blocker? Well, you can't do that on Hulu. Uh, I don't know. I never use Hulu, so I don't. I don't know. Well, I'll just say that from my experience. I use uh, a download program called Download Helper a lot. On it's called Download Helper. Mm-hmm. I use it in Firefox. It's a plugin. And like whenever I watch YouTube videos, just to be honest, I open up a, like a web page and I immediately start downloading the video. Open up another tab, another tab. So you can open up like three tabs at a time, download videos, store on like my smartphone or whatever. You know, I'm at the. Ha- I'll go. Either do that at work, or I'll be at the house, download several videos in like an eight, eight or twelve hour stretch, and just watch them like on a media player of some sort. So yeah. I do it that way rather than just watch a YouTube video, put up with fifteen seconds or three seconds of a on ad stuff like that. So yeah, and I don't see nothing wrong with that. But isn't that um, the? It's the internet's way of trying to make a little money, right? Yeah. You just pirate in in a in a in a way, basically. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they still get me essentially viewing the ad, so they still get the credit for that, as well as watch the video because I wait until the the ad goes away or I skip it, and then the 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 YouTube video starts playing. But I'm not actually sitting there watching 15 seconds of video or whatever. Like that. That's right. If I, I see an ad that. start to pre-roll, I will get up and walk away. Yeah. I will not watch well, that I, ad. I will not. <laughs> I usually have the audio muted, and I've already moved to another tab, or I've opened two other tabs. I've just, you know, downloaded it. So yeah, that's my way of combating it. So I'm kind of with Ant. I don't really like to – I don't like the wasted seconds on every video of watching these ads. I, I do whatever I can to bypass that. And even even yeah. if you, you pirate something, they're still making money off of Mindshare. Like you're in – they're in your head. You're going to tell somebody about if it was enjoyable or, or what have you. And so, I mean, how is that, <clears throat> like, measurable as far as, oh, we're worth this much, even though everyone pirates our shit, everyone loves us, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, but at some point, stuff has to be paid for. Exactly. I find myself, like, when watching TV, um, like, if I can see something live on TV with commercials, or I can pay two bucks to see it, with no commercials, it's worth the two bucks. I hate yeah. the cap commercials. Yeah, you know, and it's fair. I, I, my, I, they give me the option to pay for it and not watch commercials. You know, if it's reasonable, I'll go for it. Well, and it's proven, right? Netflix you, is bigger than HBO now. 
Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Yep. That still blows my mind. I wonder, you know, how much bigger can that get? Um, I, I was listening to Frame Rate with Brian Brushwood and Tom Merritt talking about that whole uh, market share that Netflix has. And you look at what Netflix could do potentially, and they broke down, you know, how are they getting better with, with – um, you you look at Netflix and they were talking about how they market to to get more customers and whatnot, and it's funny they said they only spend about ten percent of their revenues on marketing, and that's a, it's still a whole lot of money, but that's nothing compared to what people like HBO does when they they spend about forty percent of their revenues on marketing. Yeah, that's that's a crap ton of money, and now you know Netflix is getting a little more steam where they spend more money and continue to grow in popularity, and then you know continue to get more original content of their own, and you know and just change the way everybody views television. Although, you know, if you it's think about it, see what happens. If you think about it, though, Netflix, their whole business depends on people getting good bandwidth, good internet service. HBO's really doesn't. So if the internet, something happens and there's a disruption for like a day or two or three, you know, I think Old it would country. affect them far more. Did you guys, have you, have you guys heard this deal that Comcast is starting to offer? That's Where's exactly that? what I was getting ready to get into. Yeah. Okay. Go for you it. Know, they, they're going to, they're going to offer you basic cable, basically. Uh, okay, that was a little redundant. And, um, allow you to get HBO yeah. and and give you a, and you get an internet package with it for you know so it's like forty right. something dollars or something like that. Thirty nine ninety. But it, it's gonna go up, man. Yeah, and it's gonna go up. But it's damn near a la carte and it's yeah. only because they know people want HBO and they want more so HBO Go. Is that them then just being like, please take this cable service also? Yeah, that's all they're doing. Here, throw us a bone and like, take this. You don't even have to use service. it. Just please take it, please. Exactly. No, but that's, that's it's twenty five. It's twenty five megabit internet, and local channels and like some other basic channels. God knows what that is. And HBO. <laughs> I mean, that's to me. I'll take that in a minute. Except yeah. they don't oh, offer. No. It. They don't offer it where I live, but sounds good. Yeah, and like you said, Larry, it's going to go up in in after a year or something like that. It's just a. But it it seems to me that HBO sees the handwriting on the wall. Yep. Uh, you know, and so does Comcast. It, you know, it just uh, I took that as just the first step in the right direction. You can also get um, HBO. Shit, they put a few programs now on. I believe. Where where are they? It's on Amazon on Amazon. Or Netflix, I can't remember which, but they've got uh, half a dozen of their programs on there now too. Might be on Amazon. Yeah, so they're starting to come unglued from the. Uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime. They're starting to get out of contracts with those people, and and it's gonna it's gonna move. I think. Yeah, no, that's cool. I was now there's two mats. Can't hear either one of them. I wasn't just yelling at it. It's it's completely fine. <laughs> I'm fine. All right, okay. what, were you, what were you starting to say there? <laughs> you were so rudely interrupted by Google. I don't even remember. Oh, if you're like a a producing house that just makes you know this content, how do you choose who to make the deal with? Do you go with Amazon or do you go with Netflix? Because they clearly do have two different offerings or, or Google. Like you can find things on one and not the other. Like as a production house, how do you – I mean do you go – Whoever gives you more money or who has bigger reach, like that's. Yeah, I I don't know the answer to that, but I I've heard Kevin Spacey talk about how they did the deal with uh, uh, House of Cards. Right. He said they took it to all the regular networks and stuff, uh, and the thing that sold him on uh, Netflix was Netflix committed upfront without a pilot to doing two seasons, and get right. the money and do it. And the reason I would think the reason Netflix can do that is because they can do enough data mining to know that the combination of Kevin Spacey, the guy that directs it, and the fact that it was a success in England, uh, they know 
pretty well that they're going to make money on the thing. So they they took the risk. Well, and they had other offers too, from what I read. Oh, he said he he docked everybody, and but he said right. that, he says the deciding factor was H, uh, Netflix didn't want to see a pilot. He thinks doing pilots is a is a waste of time. He says you can't compress into two or three hours or two hours, whatever a pilot is, the sense of such a long story. And that's that the creative freedom to not have to do a pilot and to not have to make each episode be exactly the same length is what won him over. That's the, that's what he says in this uh, long speech that he gave. It's a cool speech. Right, yeah, yeah. They made one point. One one billion dollars. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> or their revenue was so. They could buy Instagram. Right. That's eleven point <laughs> one Instagram. Eleven Instagrams. <laughs> That's a bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's funny. They caught one point three Instagrams in new domestic subscribers, giving it thirty one point one Instagrams in U.S. subscribers, and pushing it past HBO who probably had something like 25 Instagrams worth of subscribers. Are we good now? All right. Yeah. Do you, do you guys remember a quote about two months ago, three months ago, by a, some director of programming at Netflix? And what he said was, we want to become HBO faster than they can become yep. us. Yep, I remember and that. Yep. The thing is, it's happening. Now. And the demographics favorite, too. If you look, I, I saw this Nielsen survey this week. And the people that are watching video on the internet and the people that are watching using the internet a lot are sort of younger people. And, you know, there it is that that's yeah, a different but the, the demographics also really favor this switch to IPTV. You know, you know, my sense is once you've experienced IPTV and the convenience of having it on your phone, your laptop, your desktop, anywhere you want it, you don't want to go back to television. Yeah. And that's the thing. Everybody knows about it now. Um, I can't remember the statistic. Well over half the people in the United States have watched IPTV. Well, they've so managed to get themselves the on... become available, they're going to switch fast as hell. And they, they never would have done that just on computers, right? They had to make the play to get themselves onto every device that's ever in anyone's living room. And they did that really well. But between the demographics and what Mike says, it's a better experience. Uh, once the deal gets put in place, I think it's going to go really fast. Famous last words. Yep. Eight bucks a month. I'll pay that all day. Between that and eight bucks a month to Google for all access music, love it. It's good stuff. Love it. Love it. It's definitely yeah, good stuff. You'll have, you know, you'll have, I've got Amazon Prime plus Netflix, so I don't know what that's good. Until it goes away. So much for you. It's good stuff till it goes away. But that's yeah. why I'll keep backups of MP3s also. <laughs> so That's why you'll uh, you keep your, your uh, pirate site in mind, too. <laughs> I actually, I did, this isn't the rundown, but uh, I was looking at my Google dashboard, and it popped up the thing that, like, if you die or your account's inactive, like, what do we do with your data? So I went through and set that up. It, it's kind of eerie like because it lets you write a message and you're like thinking this is the the last message that's going to get sent to whoever it's getting sent to like i set up with uh, a friend of mine and then my brother and then my mom you know and like it's weird because you're you're writing this message like here's my whole online life i'm dead now or whatever dot 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 uh feel free to download it if you want if not what you know whatever i'm dead i don't give a shit it was just, it was weird, like, putting yourself in that frame of mind that, like, this stuff will live on past when I will live, you know. And Google anyway. solicited, you got an email from Google? or No, it was just in the account dashboard. Like, every month they send you an email with, like, your, your stats for the month for and YouTube videos, stuff like that. And uh, when I went to sign in, it was like, hey, if you die, what should we do with your crap? It didn't say that, but, you know, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Um, it, it's sort of spooky. I mean, think about it. You, what happens is if Google doesn't hear from you for like three months. You can set uh, it for three months, six months, eight, yeah. nine months, or a year, I think. So if they don't hear from you, they figure you're gone. So And then they, send, then they contact like your mother or your brother or something. You can give it 10 contacts 
and then you yeah. can you can tell it to either just delete everything or to send a message for and then it'll give them a download link and they can download your stuff or whatever. Yeah. Lots Wasn't of pictures you know, too that Yahoo was giving away unused uh, if people didn't use their mailboxes in a year or something they gave them Oh, they're recycling the somebody else, yeah. Recycling them. Which is a terrible idea, I think. But. Yeah, if you have a common name, somebody's going to start getting your email. Well, and there was a story about that, right? That some guy was getting messages from this other guy, and he kept trying to, to like reach out and be like, hey, you know, I'm getting all of your flight confirmations and all this other stuff. And yeah. Ant can't seem to get back into the, the oh, hangout. A, yeah, really. Yeah, Ant's bouncing in and out. Oh, hangouts. Yeah, this has not been a good. Uh... Audio is dying. I'm speaking another language in his ear. Yeah, that was a while ago, and he's been bouncing in and out ever since. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what to do to fix it. I can try yelling at Google again. I don't. I don't know if that helps or not. That worked for like a few minutes, and then it went <laughs> yeah. back to old tricks. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Boy, this uh, is the most time we had the word "fuck" in our in the chat. I'll, I'll probably have to go back through that and beep it up, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. Uh, hey, Larry, tell us about the PBS Frontline uh, thing. I did, I did before. I okay. got it. It's it's just a re- it's a worthwhile video. Uh, it's like one of those I don't know, maybe a two hour documentary, and they just they talk a lot of insider guys that were in the administration talking about how the First, just totally open. There was unlimited money after 9-11. And the DOD, the CIA, and NSA rushed in to fill the void. But the thing that struck me the most weird was there were over... They didn't hire people to do it. They subcontracted it out to over 400 different... Right, okay. Which, what kind of thing is that, you know? Government, I see that at our university in the state, too. They don't have the confidence in themselves do anything themselves anymore. They, they hire everything out, which really seems broken to me. Um, I, did, I just did a long uh, comment on one of those A&D posts today to that effect, because uh, just I needed to rant about it a little bit. Um, anyhow, yeah, there's some things government should do, and to contract everything out because you're George Bush and you believe in free enterprise brain damage. That's what I think. Well, this is kind of interesting. I just saw this uh, on the Forbes site. Lava Bit? That's um, yeah. LeVar yeah. Levinson or something. I saw, he was on an episode of Triangulation. Um, him and the people from Silent Circle are going to join forces in an attempt to make all email surveillance proof. Is that even possible? Ant's back. All right. <laughs> Somebody has to see but you, But Nick right? is gone. Nick is not here. Anymore. Yeah, Nick had Nick to, was working. He was at work. He had to go. Oh. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the companies are teaming up with plans to offer an open-source tool that could make peer-to-peer end-to-end encryption an easy add-on for any email service. Uh, the challenging part, they say, is they need to get other email providers, especially Google, Yahoo, Microsoft, all the big ones, uh, to join them in offering the tool. The easy part, of course, the name, which sounds like a group of superheroes or villains, depending on your perspective on monitoring and data running, uh, mining email. Uh, They're going to call it the Dark Mail Alliance, a group of email providers who will give (laughs) users control over the privacy of their email so that it can't be handed over to third parties, scanned for ads, or easily hijacked by an interceptor. We're taking our inspiration from the Rebel Alliance, says Levinson. We're the rebels who have decided privacy is too important to compromise on. We're fighting to bring privacy back to the internet. But does that mean Google's not gonna? It's gonna be encrypted as far to Google. I mean, Google wants to see your email so they can learn about you and sell you ads. They're not gonna go for that. Unless you can make a way to where it's encrypted, but it can still. I don't know how you would do that. You gotta let Google look at the. Uh, decrypt and recrypt or something. Yeah, but then that means they have the keys, which, I mean, they have the keys now, so... But, yeah, that's interesting, right? How do you get them? What's what's the, what's the benefit that you can offer besides being like, we're going to help you? Or maybe Google buys them and adds that tech into their 
but still, doesn't that break the cryptography? That's, yeah, it, it does for Google then, and then Yahoo's gonna, everybody's gonna, you know, Yahoo will be able to sell ads, won't be able to sell ads. I don't. Know. But that would seems like a fail. It would flaw. work against the upstream or the downstream taps, right? Because you're encrypting it before it leaves your machine to their server. And then yeah, it's, in order to get Google and Yahoo and those guys to go along with it, you're going to probably have to let them see the email, but you know, the clear text. That'd be my guess. They say, we believe email is fundamentally broken in its current architecture. That's Silent Circle CEO Mike Janke, a former Navy SEAL. This is an opportunity to create a new email service where the keys are created on the device and only the user can decrypt it. And that's how to do it, right? As long as you control the keys. The second it's in the hands of any other company, you're, you're it's insecure. Yeah, but then Gmail's going to quit being free. If, if, if they succeed, Gmail's broken. The business model's broken, right? Well, and obviously it's not Google's only business model, but yeah, it's a large one, I'm sure. Um. And the, the other thing that in the deal you read that that's really critical, it has to be super easy and transparent, no external yeah. for the user. Um, you know, everybody be doing PGP or something if it was one. You know, if you didn't even know you were doing it, it just happened. Right. It says the Darkmail Alliance plans to release a white paper about the tool which relies on SMTP and XMPP. Uh, while still a work in progress, it will assign a private key to a particular user and populate it across their devices, put public keys and addresses into a public server, and store encrypted email for pickup in the cloud. It's not the first time a technology of this sort has been deployed. What would make it different is that it, if successful, would be sandbox. It wouldn't be sandbox. If Google, Yahoo, Microsoft, Hushmail, and others signed on, and that is a big if, you'd be able to send an encrypted email from one service to another easily. Which is basically what PGP does, right? But you have to do the generating. You have to put your key in on a public server. You have to do all that stuff and then make sure somebody else gets the key and it all works. They're going to do all that for you. Huh? Seems believe it. Ant can't hear a word we're saying, which is fine. It's fine, Hangouts. It's completely fine. He looks happy, though, you know? That's all that matters. Ant, you talk for a minute. What's he holding up? All I'm going to say is cheers, folks, (laughs) because I haven't heard a damn word you folks have said. Not one thing. You you guys sound like you have um, either marbles in your mouth or you're underwater trying to talk in the water. I I don't know. Or maybe you have one of those old school desk fans and you're talking into the fan through it. You know, like, Luke, I'm your father. It's pretty bad. It's weird because you you sound good and you're really high def. You look, I'm at least seeing you really well and hearing you real well. I don't know what's going on. What was that, Larry? (laughs) (laughs) That's completely fine. It's totally fine. We should piss it off, you guys. This is too fucked up. Jeez Louise. Um, I see Matt is talking in the chat. Um, Yeah, I think we better just type everything and none of this video shit. Ant's going to tell us about the Jobs House being added as a historic resource. Yeah, just recently, um, the the Mercury News is the source. Uh, they've decided to go ahead and add the home that Steve Jobs grew up in as a historic resource there in Los Los Altos. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Am I correct, yeah. Silicon Valley guys? Los Altos. Um, they're going to add it there because you know that's where he and Mr. Steve Wozniak spent their time in the garage putting together the Apple ones and the Apple twos and stuff. And it's, it's, I think that's a fair thing to do considering what he and Wozniak has done for us in the computing world, you know? Um, yeah. I know he's got, uh, he has another house somewhere out in 
is it Palo Alto or Cupertino? He has another house, this big old house and a beautiful yard and all of that. But it's nice to see the humble beginnings and and just, you know, also sort of send a message to young entrepreneurs, you know, to say, hey, you, you, you don't have to be the richest kid. You don't have to, to be the sometimes the, the most fair person, but just have some some guts and want to and be able to sit down and put together 400 motherboards and, and, and chips and whatnot, you know, with a couple of friends and you, you can blow up, just put your mind to it and put the work in, you know, with a couple of friends that you screw out of their stock. Yeah. That's that house <laughs> looks like the house from the pirates of the Silicon Valley movie, or maybe I'm Mike, just imagining. Isn't there also a Hewlett Packard garage? Oh yeah. Somewhere. Oh. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's, there, there are a number of those sort of places down in Silicon Valley, and you know it's sort of cool they yeah. preserve them and let people go and see. Yeah, that's where Jobs grew up. There's nothing wrong with that. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't even handle this hangouts anymore. So that's gonna do it for us. Episode seventy-five of Yats. Thank you very much, Hangouts on Air, for being a complete pile of shit. Appreciate that very much. Uh, check out our site, yetanothertechshow.com. I'll try and, I guess, bleep out as much of that as possible. I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea. So uh, thanks for listening. Check out our site, yetanothertechshow.com. Join us on the Google Plus community where we talk about tech and stuff uh, throughout the week. And, uh, yeah, subscribe on iTunes. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a great night. All right. Good night, you all. Good night, girl. Peace. Peace. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.